one fucking completion. One fucking completion. And I understand by saying fucking at the beginning, I have completely fucked myself in the algorithm. But I cannot explain to you how fucking draining I am. Jared Goff. One fucking completion. And you would have won me one eight hundred thousandth of your weekly salary. Sixty bucks. Um <laughs> I'm not even mad at Jared, you know. Because, you know, even though he can afford the gallery of jewelry, um I just afford the gallery of failed bets. Um <laughs> Uh, I'll parlay a diamond in your stone. <laughs> but yeah, one completion. And your boy would have gone to Cheesecake Factory at least two different times or got multiple pizzas. But yeah, moral of all that is, is a. Uh, if you were going to bet and actually be involved and actually care about what you put your money on, how about you just don't look at it? I think it's just our new system. Maybe like a only look at it at the end of the week. Place my bets a week in advance and just... Let nature take its course. Natural selection. You know, that's what we do with our money anyways. It's all just natural selection. People who have the most means don't necessarily do the most with them. People with the least means seem to do a whole lot more. And I just seem to do more losing by the day. Never lost. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah. Welcome to episode 235. Damn. The episode numbers are racking up. In 15 episodes, I'll be a quarter. I'll be a quarter of the way to 1,000. And at the pace I'm going, it would take me nine and a half years to get there. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, welcome to episode 235 of the Off Me podcast with Clint Nelson. I'm your host. Clint Nelson. Don't forget to like, follow, comment, subscribe, hit the notification bell. Most important, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget to suck some titties. Yeah, trying to keep on the down low. Um, you know the beautiful thing about taking CPR classes is that you get a certificate, and if someone were to pass out in front of me right now, I would not be able to save their life whatsoever. It's amazing how the standard, the levels of what we certify people to do life-saving activities is the definition of a bare minimum. And the weird part is, if you were in a movie theater and someone passes out and you are certified, but you don't feel comfortable performing what would be necessary to save someone's life, you can't just sit there and watch someone die, you know? Like, you, you have some moral guilt about that. But you also 
can do more harm than good by performing something you are not fully confident or that you are not fully comfortable performing because when you when these things happen the adrenaline is rushing please take that epipen in my ass cheek because i would like to feel the thrill of game of thrones shrills and uh if you take the magic pill i'll give you something to fill my undesired emotions and unwanted problems uh but I love non-breathing people. That's my fucking problem. And I feel like EMTs may have a fetish. Not really. But yeah, imagine being an EMT of like 15 years somewhere. And then you have, then you do these bullshit four-hour courses. Not bullshit, because, you know, they can be very informative. But you we, the certification is very minimum for what people are certified for. It would be like imagine going to school for like four years in financing and then some guy starts some, you know, local investing company. He just did it out of his garage. He just found money, started little, made big, 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 big. Hey, my type, my type. Uh, that's what they say when I'm in my basement financing loans. I'm not really sure what the dividends is if it goes awry. But they say, ooh, my type, my type. Um, <laughs> I haven't heard about Saweetie in a while. She shouldn't have turned down the Jackman. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't mind if someone just pounded my chest, you know, make it interesting. You know, maybe it would fix my breathing, my normal everyday breathing. If someone were to just go in my chest and be like, boom, boom, you know, which reminds me because apparently with pregnant woman, you, uh, pull through the chest, but speaking of pregnancy, Chris Bumstead, his wife, is pregnant. So, what does that mean? It means we're about to have the most jacked baby in the history of anything. Because I don't know if you guys know the genetics of him and his wife actually used to be a former uh, swimsuit bikini competitor. Basically like a bodybuilder, but not for bodybuilding swimsuit competition. And that's how they met. And they're about to bring that. I say that. It's a human being. They're about to bring that combination of physical genetics into this world. No pressure. Um, none at all. This dude's got to have a beach bod and be apple jacked. Because uh-huh. that's why his dad planted the seed inside of her. Um, that's the thing if you were two people that are together and you have superior genetics in a capacity whether that's physical genetics athletic genetics intellectual genetics 
you almost have a duty to society. There should be pressure on you. Like you have all the resources and inventory. Even if you don't want to be responsible for the child. Like the government should just force you guys to coerce and create a baby. Or steal your semen. And steal her fallopian tubes and just shove it in there. Um, <laughs> Not really. But your sperm should be mandatory to be saved. Someone deserves to have, you know, a Steve Jobs baby. Because we saw how that worked out if you saw the movie. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, they call me the Steve-O at my job. Because I can be a complete jackass to people. And when uh, my nuts get slammed in between some wood... I sometimes don't know if it's mine. Which reminds me. So apparently there is this girl. This 19 year old pregnant girl. It's kind of weird to talk about 19 year old pregnant girl. But it's on the social media. It's on the YouTube. Commentary channels picking up. O'Shea Duke Jackson. O'Shea Duke Jackson. Is back. At it again. He reminds me of Cedric the Entertainer. I don't know why. But, um... <laughs> but... This is where... I don't know. There's one thing about putting your business out in public. And there's one thing about putting business out... That embarrasses you. And it's like... It's like you're exposing your boyfriend who impregnated you and I guess she's like eight or nine months along and apparently she walked in on her boyfriend's uh how do I put this in appropriate terms she walked in on her boyfriend doing what her boyfriend did to her so she could get pregnant if that makes sense essentially his friend that he went to go smoke with that she trusted him. But it's kind of weird. Maybe that was your sign. It's one thing if you like, you know what? I trusted you to spend time with fill in the blank girl, Alicia. But when you have trust issues concerning if your boyfriend is hanging out with another guy and you're concerned something may happen between them, as Bill Ingvall would say, there's your sign. And based off videos she posted of their relationship in terms of how do we go from this to them sitting at a dinner table with him wearing some pink hat, being all like, you know, I don't like to say, I don't like to call people feminine, but that's what was described in the video. And based on the look of it, it's not surprising that she walked in on him doing X, Y, and Z. All right. So, no judgment. Then she does like a whole slideshow of exposing. Oh, see? You know what? His room is dirty as fuck. <laughs> she posts pictures of his room. And by the way, for a 19-year-old, his room's not even that bad. Her criticism was that his bed was on the floor. It's like... Like, he had a bed, and 
that was it. It didn't have a bed frame or another mattress under. It's like, that's actually pretty good, you know? <laughs> I mean, that's what I had going on. <laughs> like, it's pretty normal. His room, like, yeah, all right, he has some loose clothing. But you could see the floor to defend the guy, you know? She's sitting there calling it dirty and stuff. It's like, well, you're complaining about his room. But you were obviously staying with him. So maybe your options of what you could have for your room wasn't any better. Otherwise, you would have just stayed wherever your room was beforehand. Or, crazier thought, the room was dirty. He had one bed. You never thought to bring your bed from where you were if you were living together and just put your mattress under his and then you have a double bed? Or... To clean the fucking room if it bothered you that much. Um, <laughs> but then here's like, alright, whatever. It's getting petty. Then she posted a picture. Of them at a convenience store. Him getting pampers and stuff. And in the caption, she put. Basically summarizing, his card steadily always gets declined. So she does all these slideshows of all these things that suck about him. Well, I, I think there's a few things that sucks about him. Um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, suck my clitoris. Um, <laughs> split the clit until you're saltier than Ritz. Alright. Less sodium though. Um, no, but... The... Interesting part. And I think it was pointing the video. It's like you're you think that you're doing all this like shitting on him. Like the exposing of him is him exposing that you walked in on him getting, you know, his booty thumped. Um <laughs> and you're pregnant by that man. Which is kind of weird. I would say young love. But I don't think this is a normal occasion of what happens. But this is the new age we live in. And all the power to you. But you think exposing all these things. Oh he's broke. His room's dirty. Oh this and that. It's like. I mean. You took all those pictures of that in real time. And it didn't matter to you that much. Or it didn't matter to you but. For whatever reason, you still stayed. Or maybe you made this man so miserable. He's like, you know what? Fuck it. I hate women. Um, I do think that is kind of possible. As crazy it may sound. I don't think that you'll become. Go to the other side. I do think someone can grow such a distaste towards the opposite sex. Male or female. That they actually become so disinterested in it, they would rather, they just become uninterested in people. But I think in order to become asexual, I think you just have to have enough terrible experiences and annoyances with people that make you that. I don't think you come out of the womb. I don't think you're grown like that. I think human nature is, you don't want to be asexual, you want to be asexual, deviant, slut, um... And man, ho, 
you gotta at least try that before you go asexual. Like, you know, you can't be these Mormon soakers that, oh, we're gonna go, because you're gonna do one or the other, right? You can either go down the path of being so pure, married and all that stuff by age of 27, you have kids with someone and then, you know, they're fucking everyone, you get divorced, and then then you're going to end up doing all the shit anyways. Or you can just, right out of the gates, rely on the young inhibition. Rely on the young youth of yourself to not feel guilty, to live your best life. And then, when you become ugly as hell, <laughs> then when people don't find you attractive, that's when, you know, you start doing the right things. Um <laughs> I'm mostly joking, but honestly, for a lot of people, I think that's closer to the truth than not. Um, <laughs> happens all the time, you know. People be, you know, and it's always a weird thing when two people enter a relationship and one is, you know, I guess you could say heavily overweight and the other person is just normal. And then what? If during the relationship, if the seismic shifts, the thing is, when the seismic goes opposite, it can't work anymore, right? Like, the only scenarios where it could work, and this sounds like I'm being pretentious, I'm not obsessed with people's weight and stuff, but here's my experience on observations with these things. I think two people can enter a relationship in a normal physical state let's just say normal size right one person can gain weight or become you know out of shape or stress is a life or whatever and that is salvageable if you're together for the most purest of reasons but even if you are it's human nature depending on the other person's options depending on the other person's state and what they can get that stuff can change And if you both become overweight, then, I mean, you're just one big Happy Meal. Um, <laughs> um, like $9 Happy Meal nowadays. But the tricky part is when one person enters a situation, let's just say, in shape. And then, let's just say, the guy enters a relationship in shape. The woman does not. Let's just say two or three years later... Those roles shift. You know, she gets into CrossFit. You know, she starts looking like CrossFit or ripped abs and shit. You know, she can hold you down a little bit more than usual. Um, <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, you can do more pull-ups than me. Oh, and then it makes you depressed. You know, you're working 70 hours a week, you know, dealing with depression, losing all your bets. Um, <laughs> no, but... You know, let's just say you stop, you know, you start living life, drinking beer more, having some every weekends with the friends, you know, you stop really focusing on your health. You just kind of enjoy life. You gain 30, 40 pounds. For some reason, it seems like those situations where the where one is fit, the other is not going in and then those roles revert and they switch naturally over time. There's something that happens for the person that gets in shape. They start. In my experience with these things is that that person starts kind of feeling like, oh, 
I, you know, I can do a little bit better. And you've got complacent. You're sloppy. So hit the road, Jack. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, that's why you hop to the gray goose. Kangaroo, Jack. Daniels, give me 18 shots right now. Because if she leaves me, I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that. But, anyways, yeah. That's the thing. You both, one, you can't switch good and bad. Like, you both either have to become looking bad, or you both have to become looking good if you both went in looking bad. And sometimes that could be even tricky. Because now you both start looking good, and you're like, oh, we were together because that was the best we could do at the time. You know? I know I'm coming off as an extreme hypothetical douchebag because I'm just saying scenarios, you know, but I think when you break down the scenarios, this stuff makes sense, you know, uh, moral of the story is just be with someone you love, you know, have like a, what was that one guy? I think there was some, I can't remember if it was an actor or something. But, you know, you can actually legally, like, it's actually a legal thing. Because you can have something in your legal prenup to where, now obviously the other person has to agree to it. Where you have a weight that you put in the contract, that that's like the main weight. And if they go, like, 20 or more pounds over that... It could be liable. So if you were to ask for a divorce. You would be. Technically. In the okay. Where the prenup would be. Accepted. It would be followed through with. But you know. What the lawyer explained in this stuff. He's like well what typically happens is yes. They will gain weight and stuff like that. Then when they. It will be like a UFC weigh in. (laughs) Like. They'll be like, oh, well, you have to weigh in in five days. And then they will, depending if their realistic range is like, oh, I got eight pounds to lose. I'm going to deplete myself water and all that shit. Not eat, blah, blah, blah. And they get below the weight. And then they can't go through with the prenup. And if they want a divorce, they have to go through the regular proceedings of, oh, shit. And then they could show up to court at 40 pounds overweight like Patty Bimblet. Um, <laughs> but that would be crazy, right? Because if you're going to get married to someone, more likely you're going to have kids. You know, that's going to happen. You know, it's just like, my thing is, if you've got to start putting UFC weight clauses in your prenup, you know, um, I'm going to say there's probably going to be a few broken vases in that gla- in that household. Like, that is not a household that's <clears throat> humming on a daily basis. That's not a normal. That is a household that you walk in, the curtains might be completely in shambles one day. You might walk in, there's four holes in the basement wall because he decided to just play tap, tap, tap down there, you know. Or he misplaced putting the pull-up bar on top of the door frame and he completely broke the Fragile, brittle door frame. 
<sighs> or is she so adorable she frames you? Um, <laughs> 12 by 12, baby. Um, but yeah. <clears throat> but yeah. That's kind of the fucking insane part. Look, I am pro. I want to get married. I will get married. I will get married, you know. It's like, but you know, it's crazy to just say I will get, you know, X, Y, and Z. Life is so unpredictable, you know. It's like weird to just say, I'm going to pray for my man. I'm going to pray for my future man. Or I'm going to pray for my, you know, just angel from heaven woman out there. Like, I think that shit's kind of weird, to be honest. I don't think you could really pray for that. I don't think you could really... I think there's certain things you can manifest out there, like if you want something. But I think people are so subjective, and I think people change so much. Like, you could desire a tangible thing, and that thing's not going to change what it is. So you know the feeling it's going to receive you. Like, you could pray for something. You could want the man or the woman of your dreams. But then, you know... Let's say, well, you've dreamed about nine months ago. So many things in your life has changed that that's not what you dream for anymore. But the man that the man or woman that fit every bill that you were looking for from their presence to when you saw them, you got this feeling. I got the feeling. Um, I got the feeling you're gonna cry me a river. Um, after you rock my body. Um, oh, come here, senorita. You know I love you like I love you. <laughs> uh, uh, but, um... I don't know. I think that... Uh, that's what... It always just kind of turns me off when I feel that. When, you know, as Drake would say. Here we go to Drake. I know my crush... I know... My crush is out there just waiting on me. Um, <laughs> she's so vacant and lonely. Um, <laughs> I think that's a dichotomy with Drake. I don't think there's really any girl waiting on him. For him. Obviously everything he has and can offer and everything that comes with him. But I always feel like Drake... In his prime of innocent love, when he didn't, when he wasn't jaded, <laughs> Scorpion reference, um, when he wasn't feeling like he had to finesse everyone, <laughs> Scorpion reference, um, when he didn't turn into the, it's your motherfucking birthday, Scorpion reference, um, when he just was. A normal human being with real love and emotions. A sooner than later so far gone days. And he always talks about how, you know. I'm in a different space and I choose to embrace it. And that's great. But. I think once he got to that. If you're reading this, it's too late. When he got to that album. I think that's when he completely left the idea of. Genuine possible love behind type of thing, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I get it. You know. I mean, look, there ain't no telling 
what someone's got out for him, you know? Because, you know, I've had 10 bands before. Actually, I've had 50 bands. Actually, I've had 100 bands of rubber bands <laughs> around my wrist. Um, <laughs> when someone asks, why do you always have rubber bands around your wrist? Like, yeah, you know, I just... I just spent a rack today, you know? You know how it'd be. A rack of what? Yeah, I spent 14 bucks on some ribs. Um, <laughs> uh, but, actually, now I think about it. So, for Leprechaun, peas over the rainbow. To uh, <laughs> So, if you have the male Leprechaun peeing over... The rainbow to his female leprechaun. How do they propose? Do they give a golden shower? With their lucky charm? Um, <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know. You know what? Manifest a golden shower. Whatever you gotta do. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, with how much I'd be drinking, it'd be more like a golden hour of a shower. Um... <laughs> Except my pee's clear, so it would actually be a clear shower hour, but I guess that don't roll off the tongue. No one wants to say, wow, you're really hydrated. That'd be weird if you're peeing on a girl and she's like, you know, typically I don't like being peed on, but you're very hydrated. And I appreciate that about you. Um, <laughs> oh, baby, say less. Um, <laughs> oh. I do like peeing in the shower. <laughs> you know, actually, maybe I'm crazy. I think maybe I'm either a very disgusting human being for this or I'm a very normal kid for this. This is one of those things where when you look back at something you did in your youth, you're like, either like only 0.001% of kids have ever done this and they were either psychopaths or had no control of their bowel movements or 85 plus percent of kids did this. When you were taking baths in between the ages of three to maybe seven, you know, let's give a nice grace period to adjust to learning how to process your bowel movements and where to put them. When you were taking nice baths, did you ever shit in the bathtub? Have a nice little submarine just float in there? Looking back, I'm going to be honest. I don't remember if my dumps were as big as they are now. You know? It's, um... Because, you know, my memory is very foggy. I remember in my youth, my teens, I had the longest johns of shits ever. Like... To the point where, like, I had to come up with the whole system. I had the, I had the shit halfway through my shit. If I had any more shit, I had to flush before. So, you know, my dad wouldn't get up and, you know, start an hour-long argument with my mom about, you use too much toilet paper. Um, <laughs> It's like, would you rather your kid, what would you forgive your kid more? Or what would you be more mad at your kid for? Having shit so big that he came and flushed the shit down. Or use too much toilet paper where it clogs up the toilet. Because the toilet paper is like 
you can at least have hope that this is fixable. I can limit the amount of toilet paper. I can manage it. But you feel like you just wasted money and it's preventable. If your kid is shitting, you know, if he's shitting a $5 foot long, you know, a club and a sub every time. Um, <laughs> if he's shitting a Titanic submarine, like, you know, you got to think about what are you feeding your kids? You know, you got to think about what's wrong with him. His shits are bigger than my calves. Um, <laughs> uh, it's just amazing what the bug can do, you know. Um, that came out so weird. I promise. I do not know what my butt can do. I know what it can let go of. Alright. But yeah. Anyways, moving on. Like, putting butter on a burn. They call me Mr. Burns. Because I like Homer Simpson's head. Nope. Okay. Actually, that reminds me. So apparently, they are removing... Apparently, there was a story that they are removing the stranglings of Homer Simpson on Bart in the Simpsons cartoons. First of all, who still watches The Simpsons? I didn't even know they were still making the shows. And, I, you know, I like The Simpsons. I just didn't think it was a show that anyone actually watched in real time anymore. I didn't even know they actually were still making new episodes. Like, The Simpsons, South Park, Family Guy... The fact that they still actively make shows, like they're actually every week going through that daily, weekly grind of starting a new episode, the drawings, the animation, like the amount of time and stress that shit takes, one, going through that grind, but hey, the syndication money, that shit is unfucking real so it's worth it, I guess, but the thing that they're still actively making shows, even if TV is not really... A thing like cable TV is not really a thing. They are the only things that in sports is literally the only things people watch on cable TV. Because honestly, no one's watching those bullshit Fox shows that they make now. Where it's like, what was this? It was like this when I was, you know, streaming in quotes a one of the football games. On Fox, it was on Fox and showing the commercials. There's a show commercial because you know I remember watching when you watch football younger. It's like they're like later tonight whenever you know the four o'clock game ends and it always goes over the time and never ends on time. Then it throws off the whole scheduling for the whole night, you know. And it'll be like some new episode of uh fucking you know it'll be some. Raising hope, you know, at the time. Or Modern Family, you know. Typically be some cartoon shit, though. Now there's a show called Craptopolis. They're just kind of making up shit. I'm sure it's a fine show. Or Bob's Burgers, which actually a lot of people like that show. But, I don't know. But yeah, that's just crazy. They're going to remove choking a kid out. Because, you know, that wasn't even normal in the, like, I know there's this over-exaggeration of, 
oh, when I was younger, my dad used to, you know, bend me upside down, you know, and fucking elbow me in the back of the head. I used to get concussion. Then he would resuscitate me just to slap me in the face again, call me a little useless piece of shit. Um, you know, people always like exaggerate how much they got abused and say, abuse made me a better man. It's like, yeah, it feels like it. Um, yeah, sure. Yeah, it sounds like it did a lot of good for you. Um, <laughs> but, um, shit, what was I going with that? Uh-oh. But, um, oh yeah. So even, like, everyone knows it's a cartoon. Like, that wouldn't be acceptable due to your kid. To choke your kid in midair. It wasn't even except in the 80s or 90s. So, like, why is Taken Out now doing anything? Well, I think it's because it's now more acceptable that being choked is a very kinky thing. And I think when people see anyone getting choked, people tie it to sexual kinkiness. As weird as that may sound. And when you have a show that's a borderline on edge family like the Simpsons is more of a family show but it has like some adult elements but your kid can watch it and the stuff that they kind of show is more of a thematic where only the parents or only the adults will typically get the jokes of certain types but you know I don't know I just kind of feel that when it's animated the thing that's the beautiful thing about animation is that you can do anything in it and no one no one takes it the same way as if it was a live action like if on I don't know like modern family if the one old dad just started choking you know his adopted Mexican child like and actually showed like they couldn't show that on TV because it's too real, you know. And it's child abuse, you know. No one looks at Bar as a child. He's been the same age for literally twenty eight years. Um, but yeah, I don't know. That's just one way of putting the eight ball in the corner hole. Welcome to my corner store. Because you may be overcharged, but at least you know who's in charge. And not of the prices, because, you know, there's a profit business. Which actually reminds me. This whole Timu, I think it's called Timu, is this online commerce site. It's apparently in China. Um, <laughs> and it's one of those sites where you get crazy deals like 90% off electronics type of shit on clothes and just about anything you can fucking think of random shit like stuff that would be a $50 shirt it's like $3.40 that type of shit like one of those door da- or deal dash where it's like you could get this Mac notebook for $22 today um you just got to click the code and uh, then when you get the MacBook, it's literally a cutout of <laughs> a cardboard MacBook. And that's kind of... The thing with Timu is apparently... With, 
well, one of the main issues is that, quote, unquote, sometimes the stuff you get isn't really what's advertised, right? But the bigger issue, supposedly, in quotes, is that they are running a scummy business for the environment. Um, because in order to sell prices at this level, someone is getting fucked over. And their direct dealings with the warehouses that they do business with and stuff. They're apparently not paying these people. But the people are letting the free service happen because it's good for marketing into the U.S. and blah, blah, blah. Um, and apparently there's some, and chances are it's probably a lot of underage people, underage kids. Not probably getting their fair cut of the revenue. <laughs> so. But you know. Brought this thing like. Oh it's morally wrong to order from Timu. And it's, or, it's all wrong. And all this stuff. It's like. It's kind of weird. How all these people. Are talking about how. Wrong it is. To have Timu. And there's this outcry for it. And maybe it's wrong. I don't know the every ins and outs of it. But. that you could li- That's literally like 80% of all business. And I don't mean the. Unpaid child labor. What I mean is. Is you could find. Anything that's wrong in that capacity. Like, there's always some morally stuff that's wrong. Business is not designed. Profit is not designed to actually be fair for everyone. Realistically, somewhere down the line, from the origin to the end point. Business 101. Someone's always getting the short end of the stick through the process. And typically, the farther down the totem pole, they're the ones that are getting fucked over. Um, the thing is, if you want these crazy cheap prices, if you want everything to be convenient, you want all. If you actually want pure competition, you know, there's got to be some fucked up practices. We don't want monopolies, but in order to, we got to have these fucked up black markets to actually. Kind of balance it out. As fucked up as it sounds. Because you know what happens. When there's no real monopoly. When there's no real competition. You get the fast food issue. Yes. There's so many fast food places. But there's no real competition with each other. Like in their own genre of stuff. Like in sales. We have Timu. Look, um, Amazon's in its own world. Yeah, Amazon, eBay in terms of big whole distribute that sell everything. But like in fast food, you got the McDonald's, you got the Burger Kings, you got the Wendy's. But let's be honest. No one's really, they're not really in competition with each other. Like, Wendy's can get 50% less sales. I mean, Donald's can go up 50%. Wendy's is still going to be open for business. Wendy's is never closing down in the near future. McDonald's is definitely never closing down. 
Because they all get their food from the same places. They all get their stuff from the same places. They're all getting it from the same plant. The same bullshit food that's not really food. Like, it's all the same. They're more in a unison than they are not. So that's why the prices are actually insane. Because they're not actually trying to go... Like, you notice how every fast food place has some two for five deal? You think that's just because there's... Oh, they're doing two for five. We're going to do this. Like, no, they all agree to it. So... It spreads out the wealth because they have this Illuminati. Now, I don't know what they got going on, but <laughs> it does because they all get similar price food. They have to make profits and they're all getting from the same place, same shit. And it makes the people who are actually in control of giving people these products in charge of what they can charge. And that's why everyone's prices are going up. It's not because they're trying to keep up their profit margins. They're making more than enough fucking money. All right. They're paying employees two and a half times more than just five or six years ago. Deservingly so. But they wouldn't be able to do that if all this other stuff wasn't in play. Alright. It's too big at that point to be able to sustain that. Um, but yeah, this whole team move thing. It's always fun. Now there's like all these videos. I watch like half a YouTube video. I saw half a YouTube video. I'm like, you know what? Let me talk about my podcast of pure ignorance. But um, it's always funny that. And I'm going to be honest. It's mostly. It's funny how the main consumers of it are typically. The ones that are very divisive about it. Like in terms of demographic. Based on what I've seen. Timu is type of a site that to be uh, people that are heavy shoppers that just want to get stuff. So it's simply going to be a woman driven field, right? And women are typically the biggest environmentalists. Like, oh, this is wrong for the environment. This is wrong for this. And then they're also the biggest consumers of the same shit that they complain about. You know, and I'm not generalizing. I'm just saying literally of the divisiveness of the outcry I've seen. Not many dudes are out here giving a fuck about Timu because you know what? Got too much shit to worry about than worrying about. Yeah, you know what? We know what goes on in China. Is it wrong? Yeah. But everyone that complains about the stuff going to China, you're not going to go over there and change shit. I'm not going to go over to change shit. I can't afford to change shit. Chances are, if I go over there and try to change shit, I'm not going to make it back to change more shit. <laughs> They're going to change my face. Um, And I like this weird moral high ground for getting something. It's like, you know what? All you people get your Beyond Veggie Burgers. And all that shit is worse for you than the most processed, chemically-led frozen burgers you can get. And it's overpriced. But the thing is, let's be honest, it's because stuff is cheap that people have a problem with it. When stuff is cheap, it's easier to attack. If this was a company where it was the opposite, where everything was upraised and priced, and it created a select, like a Gucci following, like, you know, like Hamas, is where it's called Hamas because, you know, that's a group. It's also a purse company, a fashion company. You got the Louis Vuitton, the Gucci's, 
all these companies that they're making their fabric out of the same shit you get at Walmart for the most part. But it's the brand, it's the association, it's oh, it's this exclusive club, it's this exclusive, if you have something from here, it speaks something of status. If Timu was the opposite and it was a status thing, no one would be talking about how wrong it is. But all the stuff they're doing, the shitty, the shady, because you know what, people want to be part of that. But anytime it's like some that's more convenient for low income to middle class people to get and everyday people to just get whatever the fuck they want without having to pay a premium. And then people are complaining about that, like, well, no, you better, I would rather pay 48 bucks for the same shirt if it meant that some child wasn't, you know, sweating in a shop packaging this. And I, I'm like, why do you assume that the $48 shirt you got was made right? And that, you know, just because your shirt came from a wage hourly worker doesn't necessarily mean the conditions of what process you got to get that shirt was any better or worse than going through this avenue. I'm not trying to dismiss the shadiness. I'm just saying all these people that seem to be morally outraged by it. You're morally outraged by a company that is losing money as we speak. Which I guess that's the thing, like, I don't know, these companies that, like, Netflix is always losing money too. So, I don't know. Interesting thoughts. But yeah, I love a nice thigh rub. Oh, baby. Yeah. Uh, I like a good dry rub. Yeah. She yanked me when I got some. Yeah. I took her to an Irish pub. Yeah. And then she hit me over the head with a Guinness. And I said, let's get it then. Um, <laughs> I've never had Guinness. I've only read the Book of World Records. Which, when I was younger, the Guinness Book of World Records was always at the state fairs. It's all at the school state fairs. And there would always be a couple things, these couple things that every year you would read all the editions, 2004, 2005. It would always be the same richest person in the world, Bill Gates. At the time, it was like, <laughs> I, you know, I think his net worth in like the 2004, 2005 was like 30 some billion. I could be wrong. It was not even a hundred billion. Like not even a hundred billion. It may have been only hundreds of millions, but I think it was like thirty something billion dollars. And then I remember the richest country is this country called Luxembourg. It is this small ass fucking country, but is the richest country per capita. One of those technical shit. Yo, Luxembourg. Luxembourg. Um, and then there was a couple other ones. Like, there would always be the tallest roller coaster. You know. And then it would just be generic sports stuff that everyone knows. The fastest man in the world. The fastest swimmer. This and that. 
it's like, all right, these aren't really Guinness. You're just saying records have been broken and other things, and you're being lazy and selling a book for $38. Like, you know. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. But, yeah. You know, I think the moral of today's pod is that... Um, Save your money. (laughs) You know what? No, the moral of today's pod is I would say sometimes you ever heard the term post and ghosts? How about you bet and jet? All right. When you bet, just jet, meaning just leave it alone. It's like when it's like the term post and ghost, you post something. And you don't go on it. You just go and do something for like eight hours. You don't even look at the comments. You just let the work do the work. When you bet, jet. Bet and jet. All right. So, yeah. I think I found the title for this episode. Pet and jet. Bet and jet. I said pet and jet. Yeah. But, yeah. That was episode 235 of the Often Beat Podcast with Clint Nelson. I'm your host. Clint Nelson. Don't forget to like, follow, comment, subscribe, hit the notification bell. Most poor ladies and gentlemen. Don't forget to suck some titties. Woohoo. Yeah. Uh, all right. I think that is all for today, ladies and gentlemen. And always remember keep a smile on until I, uh, pile on my trauma on you so you will always have something to think about around me and so i can cause ptsd to you too love you all nobody cares so it's r.i.p uh now i got big titties and a gut for no good reason <laughs>